A Cadmian Victory by M.J. Bradley Read by Sam Gabriel Based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 116 Expelliarmus The first rays of light crept over the edge of the horizon, spilling across the shores of the Black Lake and casting long shadows from the towers and turrets of the school. It poured through the office window, bathing the pale, black-veined skin of Dumbledore's face a soft orange. Harry placed the half-moon spectacles on the desk and emptied out the handful of vials of Snape's potion, returning them to the same drawer. No mystery here. A cursed man who ran out of time. Fox reappeared on the edge of the desk with a flash of red flame and a cheerful trill, grabbing the spectacles and swooping over to his perch. He won't be able to play that game anymore, Fox, Harry murmured. Fox dropped the spectacles back onto the desk, nudging them with one taloned foot, pushing them back toward Dumbledore's hand with his beak and hopping away to watch. Harry closed the drawer to Dumbledore's desk and pulled the ring bearing the resurrection stone out of his pocket. Fox let out a soft cry and scuttled back across the desk, blinking thick, clear tears onto Dumbledore's hand. It's too late, Fox. He cupped the weight of the ring in his hand and a twist of apprehension tightened in his breast. He's gone. He was going to die anyway. Harry stroked the band of gold on his palm. All those secrets, all those plans. If he'd just said something, maybe it wouldn't have ended like this. Guilt chewed at his stomach with cold, blunt teeth as he closed his fingers over the ring. Maybe if I'd said something, but how could I have known to risk it? He would have just lied to me for the sake of his plan. A wave of hot magic swirled about the room, rustling papers and rattling the doors to the cabinets. Fox hissed, scoring lines into the desktop with his talons and vanishing with a flash of red flame. Sorry, Fox, Harry whispered. But I have to be free. I can't endure a world without dreams. Silence crept in as the colors of the sunset faded. Harry sat across the desk from Dumbledore's closed eyes and pale face, keeping one eye on the frozen portraits and spinning the ring around on the desk. I shouldn't waste my time. He snatched the ring off the surface. Now Dumbledore's not here, Voldemort will come for Hogwarts. Let's see what you're capable of, Harry murmured, touching the tip of his wands to the stone. A storm of magic swirled within it. Maybe Fleur will be able to figure it out, or Gabby. A faint desire to see it spin seized him and he flicked the ring into the air off his thumb, watching the band glint until it landed back on his palm. I don't even know who to summon first. Harry flicked it back into the air and watched it flip once, twice, three times, then thud back into his hand. My parents, maybe? Harry. The echo of a whisper drifted over his shoulder. His heart seized and his blood ran cold. Harry swallowed, took a deep breath, then rose from his chair and forced his feet to turn. Translucent, trembling outlines hung before him like shadows suspended on dust. Harry, 
his mother said. You've grown up so much. I had to. He clenched his fist around the ring. There was no other way to survive. Sorry, his father murmured. We didn't want to leave you alone. But it was that or have you come with us? There's no difference between alone or dead, Harry said. Except when you're alone, you can hope it might stop. You're so powerful. His mother's shade stretched out faint fingers toward Harry's cheek, but her left hand passed through him with nothing more than faint chill. I told you he would be special, James. I felt it when I carried him. It's not wise to surround yourself with the dead, Harry, his father said. Don't depend on the dead for company, his mother whispered. Call on us, on Katie, or on Salazar, but don't cling to us. How does she know about Katie or Salazar? His heart sank down into a dark, cold pit. It's not their soul, is it? It's just an echo of what I want. He let them fade away, turning the stone once more to call on Cadmus Peverell. Harry waited, glancing around, but no shade appeared. So he tried several more famous wizards. Perhaps I have to have known them. He flipped the ring thrice, running through names. Benetrix Lestrange. A small, smiling child of thick gray fog swayed before him, her lustrous curls toppling across one side of her face. Baby cousin! She beamed and bounced on her heels. You killed me, well played! You lost, Harry said. Bella was always going to lose eventually. Bell always said so. Nobody wins forever. She twirled on the spot and clapped her hands together. It's such a shame you didn't want to come play with me. Games are much more fun together. Just one more. Harry turned the ring back over, gripped by a sudden whim. Aldous Dumbledore, he murmured. Harry. Dumbledore's shadow sat upon the edge of his desk. What would you have me see? What do you know about the Deathly Hallows? Harry asked. I know what you know, he said. Or I suspect. I know what you think that I know. An echo, Harry murmured. Not a soul. Souls and echoes are not so far from each other, Dumbledore said. Perhaps if you knew them well enough, their echo might be strong enough to be half a soul. But not sentient's not really alive. Harry slumped back into the chair. I'm really never going to see her again, am I? An echo is better than a husk of clay, Dumbledore's shade replied. Tell me about the Hallows, Harry said. Talk about something else. I believe they are aspects of death, created as the oldest spells once were by simple emotion and intuitive understanding, though I suspect to be the cumulative understanding and feeling of many wizards and witches. Since their creation, they've been explained away by many stories and claimed by wizard after wizard. Gabby told me this. Harry pulled the Elder Wand from his sleeve and studied the tiny runes making up the pattern spiraling along its length. She thought they were death, or at least they were what the creators thought death was. The cloak. Invisible, intangible, undetectable, and unstoppable. Just as death is. The stone. Lingering sorrow, regret, loneliness, and grief. Just as death brings. The wand. 
colorful, terrible, and coveted, just as death is. Cat will be so happy to hear you agree with her, Harry muttered beneath his breath. Dumbledore chuckled. Perhaps young Gabby will be more pleased to hear that you think that I would have agreed with her. I am sorry, Harry said. I'm sorry I killed you, and I'm sorry I can only say this to an echo. We all make mistakes, my boy, Dumbledore said. I have made many myself. And those of us who are powerful make mistakes with greater consequences. Nobody can live without harming another in some way at some point. To intend no harm is good, but to do as little as possible is better. He smiled. And for all that you've endured, you're not, Tom. We're all a little selfish, my boy, but while we care for others, we remain capable of making the best choices. Love, Harry. It so often makes the difference. A dangerous echo. Harry turned the ring over and watched Dumbledore's figure flicker away. I will not call him again. If he's what I think he should be, then even his shape will want to convince me to model myself. He slipped the ring onto his finger and tucked the Elder Wand up his other sleeve, sweeping the cloak over himself and unfreezing the sleeping portraits. Breakfast time, I think. A fierce certainty seized him. The Great Hall's definitely the best place to go back to. Dumbledore's grandfather clock chimed for eight in the morning, and the certainty drained away like water through his fingers. Harry frowned. The Phoenix releases his time is up. He strode down into the corridors, pulling off the cloak and tucking it away. Let's see what happens, I suppose. Harry smothered a faint, nervous churning in his gut. Trust the liquid luck. Silence fell over the great hall as he stepped in. Every eye turned to fix itself on him. Just like when my name was called out of the goblet of fire. They never change. Mr. Potter, McGonagall stood up from her seat at the table. Up here, if you please. Harry strolled down through the tables. Professor. McGonagall drew herself up. There is no evidence to implicate you in the horror that has taken place this night. However, it has been brought to my attention that a lot of people whom you have a motive to harm get hurt. And thus, for the safety of the students, I hereby expel you from Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That wasn't part of the plan. Harry smothered a scowl. But I suppose I'll have the qualifications I need in a few days, and now I can't be here, I can just go back to Fleur. A flash of inspiration struck. Of course, it's what I wanted most. Felix Felicis. You're warned, Mr. Potter, McGonagall murmured. You're a new sound official, and then I get seventeen. Your parents will be heartbroken to see me do this, but I think it must be done. I'm fond of my wand. I suspect I'll need it. It is the law, Mr. Potter. McGonagall thrust out her hand. Your wand? Harry studied her outstretched fingers. Goodbye, Professor. He turned on his heel and strode back through the tables, glimpsing Hermione's relieved face. Brought to your attention. He paused mid-step. Just like she did with my firebolt. It seems I must leave, he called, catching Hermione's eye. However, you will find that I have only truly left this school when none here are loyal to me. A flash of outrage crossed her face. Voldemort will attack here soon now Dumbledore's dead. Harry continued on his way out. 
And I bet you'll all come crawling back, begging for a hero to save you when he does. He allowed himself a small, thin smile. But you threw me away when you thought you didn't need me. You hated me for being what you wanted me to be. You don't deserve a hero. And you're not going to get one. Harry strode out across the ruined Quidditch pitch, skirting the jagged edges of metal sprawling over the scarred, splinter-studded ground, and apparated back into the kitchen of the meadow. I'm home. Welcome back, darling. Sirius's gruff voice cried, and a pair of arms wrapped around his shoulders. Would you like a big kiss? Would you like to get off? Harry asked, prying himself free. You're not nearly pretty or French enough to be kissing me. I was school, honey. Sirius asked. Harry grinned. It was great. I got expelled. Sirius sputtered. What? Why? Malfoy? Fleur swept into the kitchen, brandishing the morning's paper, her eyes black as pitch. Malfoy is why? Merde. Sirius took one look at Fleur's dark irises and shot Harry a grin. Every man for himself, he said, vanishing with a loud crack. Idiot. Fleur glared up at the creaking landing above their head. I told him not to operate that makes his injury worse. Harry patted down his pockets but found only a lemon sherbet. Sweet, he held it out. Flair plucked it from his fingers and held it up. Bright azure flames melted it to a thin wisp of white smoke. That was the only one I had, Harry said. I'm not a pet to be bribed with sweet things every time you want forgiveness. Flair prodded him in the chest with her finger. I told you to be careful, and you hung Malfoy's mutilated body in the great hall of this school. In my defense, the sweet things usually work. Harry took a quick step back as feathers exploded through Fleur's skin. And also in my defense, I drank the Felix Felicis, so I'm almost certain I was following its lead when I did that. Her eyes narrowed. Explain? Harry offered her a small smile. Well, I didn't really want to be at Hogwarts, so I want to be here with you. While I could stay at Hogwarts, it probably would have been the smart thing to do, especially before I got my newts. But now I'm expelled. I get what I want. He stepped forward and tapped her on the nose with his forefinger. You. Idiot. Fleur murmured, her eyes fading back to blue and the white feathers slipping back beneath her skin. Did you at least get the resurrection stone? Harry pulled the ring from his finger and passed it over. Yeah, I can't make anything of the magic, but your Gabby will probably be able to do better. Fleur poked it around on her hand with the tip of her wand. Something to play with later? She handed it back. What about Dumbledore? Harry sighed. I killed him. He took a deep breath. And, well, I thought he meant to martyr me, to blink a man, toss me away to die, but he wanted me to live. I just couldn't know or it wouldn't work. And you still killed him? Fleur asked. I didn't know until after it was too late. She stepped close and caught the hand holding the resurrection stone between hers. Once he knew you knew, he might not have believed you could survive anymore, and resorted to just killing you. He was dying anyway, and you couldn't have known. Fleur raised his fingers up and pressed a kiss to his knuckles. That's what happens when you keep secrets you shouldn't be keeping, Mongo. I don't have any secrets from you anymore, Harry promised. Well, he shot her a grin. I won't in a moment. A faint pout crept onto Fleur's lips. What last secret is left, Mormo? She pulled his arms around her and nestled into his chest. 
I warn you, every single word about Villa Metz or Solbans or Villesias or Threesomes comes out of your mouth, I will burn you to ash. It's nothing to do with those. Harry kissed her on the forehead. Although I am intrigued by this Vila sister threesome idea, maybe there's something you want to tell me about Vila and the families. Has Gabby been telling me the truth this whole time? Fleur laughed into his collarbone. You can ask my sister about it. She pressed her lips to his neck, trailing kisses up to his jaw. Now you've promised me a secret? Harry slid the elder wand from his sleeve. I found the third one. He thought. Fleur's eyes went wide. The Elder One? He nodded. Turns out Grindelwald probably did have it. He used the Peverell symbol. Dumbledore famously beat him in a duel, and it was Dumbledore who's been using it the whole time. Have you used any of them? Her voice dropped to a murmur. The stone. Katie, Fleur whispered. Harry shook his head. I wanted to test it to see if it was really a soul. It's not. Just an echo. A small, bitter smile tongued at the corners of his mouth. A better thing to say goodbye to than a husk of clay, but not much more than that. I suppose I can thank Felix Felicis for letting me discover the truth before I called for Katie or Salazar, full of hope. You still have me? Fleur drew his arms back around her and pulled him close. You'll always have me? Not always. Harry held her tight, squeezing his eyes shut. Even if we beat Voldemort and everyone else, there's a final enemy that'll take you away from me. Master of death, she whispered in his ear. If there's a final enemy, we just need a final victory. End of chapter 116 For the text of this and other stories, visit alltheblankcanvas.com as well as patreon.com slash the blank canvas. Music by As I Walk Into the Abyss Blinded. QA assistance by Sakiko and Ohana. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.